the work week, am I right? But do you know what would make it a little bit better? Doing church on a Sunday and then listening to a podcast about the sermon. Welcome to the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem, a production of Liberty Church Collingswood. Each week we'll spend some time unpacking Sunday sermonics, and we hope that you'll be able to connect a little deeper with the message and the messenger. It's a win, if we can make your work week a little less blue. House lights down. Welcome to the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem. I'm here, I'm Emily, here with my husband, Jim. Hello. Um, <laughs> he's giving me this, like, he's already set up for, um, w- he's just afraid because I <laughs> was doing the mic check, which we often use for our end credits. Yes. Um, and the last line I got from him before we started podcasting was like, that is not going on yeah. credits. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Don't know where this is going to go. <laughs> so Jim is worried. That's good. That means that we're ready for Off our, balance. our season finale. That's how you like me. Post Sunday Blues. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I do keep Jim on his toes. You know that it's actually pretty easy to get Jim off his off on or on onto his toes. He can. He actually. He he appears like cool, calm, and collected. I enjoy thinking on my feet. So <laughs> that is true. And I will say too that. The word postmortem has taken an uptick in the Philadelphia area over the past few days, okay. as the Sixers have <sighs> lost to the Hawks game seven two days ago. So now everybody's talking about postmortem. This podcast is really catching on. Yeah, I was walking through um, the the office when you were listening to one of the postmortems, and they <laughs> they did sound very, 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 very dire. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they were super. They were. They sounded like they were locked in a box with no way to get out. Yep, it is. is it is rock problem. bottom for the process era right now. Okay, but our postmortem is more. It's more happier. Vibrant. Yes, it's, a, it's it's extremely happy. It's a I'm happy sure postmortem. <laughs> um, it's a happy postmortem because I feel like because of your like the look that you're giving me, yes. I feel like I I gotcha. <laughs> So call it diving into call it stormy Monday. Um, Why this sermon? Why this Sunday? And what the context was for this particular sermon? Um, Yeah, you jumped into a new sermon series, and again, this is the last. This is the last sermon or last podcast before we take a little summer break. So Mm -hmm. this is your chance. Tell us why, Paul. Why this sermon series? Right, so last dance for our podcast, but first sermon in a new summer series, Paul Perry. We've discussed that title. That Paul Perry well. has gotten it, a postmortem. Yeah, you just did insert point. Emily's eye roll at every time he says it. Right, our our producer will, I'm sure, add that eye roll sound effect so you can get get the full effect. This was a sermon introducing a sermon series on the Apostle Paul, which. I mentioned towards the beginning of the sermon, there, there are a lot of churches that seem like they only deal with the letters of Paul as they access the New Testament and Old Testament. I feel like Liberty Collingswood is pretty good about not being so Paul-centric, but if anything, it's been a little bit since we've jumped into any letter of Paul, and so this summer seemed like a good chance to do just that. And because at our church, we have some people that have been in churches a long time, other people not so much. Instead of just saying, here is Romans chapter 1, verse 1, or something like that, 
it made sense to introduce Paul as a person, and that's what I wanted to do this Sunday. Sure, it that makes sense. Um, but yeah, at a larger level, like why Paul? Like you're introducing him, um, and as we as we think about the context of the specific moment right mm-hmm. now, like why why Paul? Right. Why not the Psalms? You usually do a summer series with Psalm Puri or whatever you're calling it, <laughs> right? Um, which I mean, I think is a nice light, like you were talking about mm-hmm. at the sermon, nice and light and refreshing. So right. what about our church and what about this particular cultural moment is making Paul be the one? Ah, you are on the right track there, baby. So a two-level answer to that. First level, because I'm going to be preaching a little less regularly this summer, and it's always nice to have some work weeks. And I, I do try to concentrate them during the summer where... I have a normal set of hours in a work week, but I just have 10 to 12 extra hours to work on other stuff. Uh, Wait, I so thought I'll you be... only worked on Sundays. <laughs> that is, yeah, don't believe the hype, everybody. Or I take it back. I do want you to believe the hype. So I've been called back from my umbrella drinks on the beach to do some summer planning work this summer. And by inviting more guest preachers in over the next few months, it's easier to get a guest preacher to say yes if that guest preacher doesn't have to strap on to a very specific sermon sequence text. And so whether Paul Perry assorted sections from Paul's letters or Psalms, it gives an opportunity to jump around through a large corpus. And for preachers that are more experienced, we're going to have a couple people preaching at Liberty Collingswood that have not preached a ton, including our own Jesse will be Ooh, preaching this uh, coming not Sunday. Not our own Jesse, but... Jesse Carroll, right. Liberty's own Jesse. Right. Yeah, Jesse number one as... Jesse Carroll tells our Jesse she's Jesse number two. So so we so, so we need more Jesses. So That's it's a it's the ba- it's, it's a battle of the Jesses sometimes. Uh, they they both have deep affection for the other, and being able to jump around through the letters of Paul yeah gives people that have more experience preaching sermons. Chances are, a seasoned preacher will have uh, some sermon on the Psalms to be able to re-preach or a sermon on Paul. So. It's a it's a nicely plug and play sermon series for the summer at one level, but then to get back to the other side of your question, um, why something like Paul and not Psalms? Uh, for a change of pace, we've done a lot of summers in Psalms, but then also Paul is a challenging writer, and if previous summers, like you mentioned, were cold glasses of lemonade refreshment, uh, let's be pushed by Paul and. I mentioned towards the end of the sermon that I think this is a season in the life of churches in America where the church needs to raise the bar and say that following Jesus comes at cost. And this is a season where we count the cost of discipleship while understanding the immensity of grace. And Paul is a gifted exponent of both of those things. Sure. I see that as a, it's true that most summers you come to the summer for people who have most people there's a there's a small segment of people that this doesn't apply to but mm-hmm. most people are governed by the school year and it's just craziness and then summer yeah. is like a time to breathe and a, a time to reflect on the psalms is quite fitting but mm-hmm. um in this particular context and year um even though it was a crazy difficult year in some ways we were relaxed um with less on our plates mm-hmm. or more on our plates but i, I don't know um Obviously, Psalms could sp- still speak to us, but I think that my brain has been lazy, and it's a good time to be trying to 
re as we as we take back on lots of different things that we've kind of set aside mm-hmm. like let's let's make sure that we're practicing um practicing our christian faith so i think it's a good one yeah so we want as as we reopen we want people that have named the name of jesus as lord to double down on the fact that jesus really needs to be the center of all that we do and trying to push back uh pushing of Jesus to the margins and try to encourage people this summer that uh, Jesus really does need to be central. And for those that are not yet followers of Jesus, this is a season where we have an opportunity to press refresh on who we are, what we do, what our rhythm should be, and why not take steps into the Christian story. And Paul is somebody, again, whose letters I think will give many on-ramps to doing just that. Okay, um, moving on to I Met Her in Church and the Bible passage that we were talking about. Um, like you were saying, it seemed like you were less speaking specifically about this passage and more mm-hmm. giving us an introduction to Paul. Um, but yeah, tell us a little bit about why this passage and as you approached this sermon, how you, what qualities of Paul you were pulling out. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you already talked about how some churches focus on Paul. Um I think you, yeah, any any thoughts there? Yeah, so in some ways this was a sermon passage with three texts. In other ways it was a less textually focused sermon. So it was a three-part sermon. Surprise, surprise, sermons will tend to do that. But then it was kind of like one text for each of the points. So if I started talking about Paul's beginning, it made sense to go to the book of Acts and find that famous Damascus Road incident where Jesus appears to Saul, who had been persecuting the church. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Paul's conversion, but then talking about how Paul has been challenged and burdened in ministry, went to 2 Corinthians, and then thinking about Paul's end, where he says at the end of his life, I've run the race, I've fought the fight, and so on. I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. Uh, I use that as the focus of of that section. So admittedly, I didn't go super deep into any of these three passages, but wanted to hit something that related to the beginning, the middle, and the end of Paul. So that's why I had those three passages. Sure. And what what is it like? How would you characterize Paul's, if you're using these three, the beginning and middle and end, Mm -hmm. um, what are you trying to set up for us, the listeners, in terms of how we're viewing Paul as we think about his writings for this summer? So Paul is not just a theological computer that sometimes says good things, sometimes says challenging things, but he's a person wrestling with the reality of Jesus Christ crucified and resurrected in real time. So I wanted to communicate in this sermon that is, well, from here, listen to various letters and parts of letters from Paul that there is a living, breathing person who wrote these things. And so, and when you, for example, when we were in college and we would send these long emails to each other at what? the end of every, of every night, the, the good night email tradition that went on for many years while we were dating, uh, I pictured you writing those emails to me. They weren't just generic from anyone. And let's read Paul uh, not with the face of Emily Lamb on those letters, but instead, uh, let's remember that it wasn't just anybody, but it was this person to whom Jesus appeared on Damascus Road, uh, this person who, at the end of his life, looks forward to the crown of righteousness from Jesus, uh, that these texts and letters would be properly embodied for us. 
Sure. And I, I know you mentioned next to Jesus, Paul is possibly the, the second biggest figure of the Bible. I, I was kind of like wondering about that. Is that true? But maybe it is. Yeah. Well, I would. Sorry, I don't want to cut you off. No, go for it. The Give me some challengers. And I'm not saying that critically or confrontationally <laughs> towards you specifically. Right. Um, but but I did have a thought Elijah. exercise this <laughs> no. past week. If if Paul is not the second most important figure in Christianity as it's come down through the centuries, then then whom? And I couldn't really... F- I mean, I guess you could it's say like Moses, Moses, Abraham. Uh, but it, But I was thinking more in terms of the development of the church from the resurrection of Jesus onward. And you can't get around Paul. He's, sure. he's everywhere. Yeah. Um, so I think it, it will be a good thing to, um, I agree with you that it's a good thing to try to address this summer. Do you have mm-hmm. any like unifying themes for the summer besides just Paul? Like, No, but that's on purpose. <laughs> so part of, Part of my intrigue for the summer is whether we're going to newly elected elders of our church to preach a couple of sermons or, you know, friends of mine and ministry in this region that are coming over and preaching. I'm intrigued to see what passages they choose. So uh, the people from Liberty Collingswood, hey, what are you you thinking and feeling about our church and how is the Holy Spirit going to direct you to specific passages to speak to our congregation? Okay. And similarly with with guest preachers, what's God been doing in their hearts and lives? And I hope that there's more. And, you know, on my good weeks, this is what I do when I'm a guest preacher. I don't just reach for the easiest <laughs> sermon to sure. re-preach. But, but I'll, I'll take a little bit of time to think and pray about who is this congregation that I'm going to? What's, where is that nexus point? Uh, the nexus event? Loki. <laughs> the, the, the nexus point between what's exciting me about my Christian journey and what I think could be important for this other congregation to hear at a given time. I thought at nexus points, you're supposed to hit reset. Right. And the MCU <laughs> nexus points are like blow it up moments. So we're <laughs> Wait, back so to the Sixers. Blowing it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Moving on to muddying the waters and that, you know, that relates a little bit, the context, what context you're having the specific preachers preach to, mm-hmm. um, for you, what what contexts are you addressing um, as you're constructing the sermon? And yeah, or maybe we've already. So I mentioned during the during the intro to the sermon um, that so Paul, on one hand, might be the second most important figure in terms of the development of Christianity to Jesus, but then at the same time, uh, Paul is much less popular. So. Jesus is just all right with me, the song from the 60s, and so on. Uh, you know, nobody's going to say, I really don't like Jesus. Uh, or I've, I love the church, but I hate Jesus, was said right. by nobody ever. Right. <laughs> but, but in the other yeah. direction, I, I love Jesus, but I hate the church, or Jesus is fine, but I have problems with the church. And Paul represents the church Paul to rep- many people. Exactly. So it's Paul who speaks controversially to topics, whether in the ancient world or the modern world. It's Paul that takes, and this is a stereotype. There's a lot of things that could be said pushing back against uh, what I think is a straw man narrative. But if, if Jesus was this simple ethical preacher that just talked about loving each other, Paul is the lawyer or the accountant or the bean counter that comes in 
and makes everything a lot more prescriptive and boring, dour, and dangerous. I think Jesus is a lot more challenging than that stereotype, and Paul has a lot more grace and love in his writings too. So I'm excited to jump into somebody who's a little more challenging in the idea about raising the bar and let's grow as a congregation and whoever's listening to these sermons, both as far as digging into complex thoughts about Christianity, but then also considering our beliefs and behaviors in light of the scriptures as they come to us through Paul. Sure. That to me makes sense. It will be interesting to, or just addressing more difficult issues or having to be challenged by specific um, instructions by Paul. So yeah. I think, think that's a good, um, let's, let's take it a step further. Sure. Moment. So yeah, so as we've talked a lot about how Paul was has been really important to Christianity and Christian faith, um, how you were talking a little bit about how Paul confirms it too, how um, his message of Jesus being real is is confirmed by his life. Exactly. So Paul, not just a shaper, but a confirmer of Christianity. And just to skip down for a second into bar band cover tunes here, I was trying to pull a quote from book that came out maybe a hundred years ago, The Origin of Paul's Religion by a theologian founder of Westminster Seminary called J. Gresham Machen. Oh yeah, I caught that reference. I think he's an important (laughs) figure in 20th century Christianity, not a particularly good writer. So I really was trying to get Machen come up with a concise, pithy summary of some of the salient points of his book. He just couldn't do it. He He, he just kept on (laughs) rambling. He, He stayed dusty. But the whole idea there is scholars of various stripes from Bible-believing, strong followers of Jesus to people that think that you know Christianity is not the way, the truth, and the life. There's this broad agreement that the historical Paul was the historical Paul, and he's somebody who, by all accounts genuinely believed that this Jesus had appeared to him and had turned his life around to be a servant and sufferer of the gospel. And we need to take that seriously as a historical witness to Jesus. And actually in the Sunday aftermath, um, a couple of people came up to me afterwards and said that was maybe their favorite part of the sermon, talking Mm -hmm. about the apologetic value of Paul, where if you're in a point of skepticism towards Christianity, hey, maybe this didn't happen. But then what do you do with Paul? Paul's right. just kind of sitting there saying, you know, I think it I think it did. And and we need to take him seriously as a historical figure. Right. He had all the credentials, he had all the pedigree. Right. Um he, so he was he was obviously well learned, mm-hmm. secular. Yeah. Um worldly in the best sense of the and word. Then, and I then said. changed. Um, right. So that's a it it is good as we think about ourselves. Sometimes I think we can pride ourselves or, you know, the one part of the, po- the population that maybe I identify with, <laughs> that you just, you start feeling like you know more than other people. And, or our teenagers, I can see yeah. that with them too. Like you just start you mean like feeling like a cultural like, historical yeah, snobbery sort of right, thing? Right, that you start feeling like you're above the old or above the past right. and um i think it's important to realize like i kind of there's been so many moments that have been like that where the whole of the society believes something and um that 
sometimes it's not true. Sometimes the whole community is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, and I noticed you were, one of my notes was like, you were po like positing that Paul um, often made sermons that made contextual choices. And I was like, oh, that's because <laughs> you like to pride yourself <laughs> on doing that. Um, maybe pride is the wrong word. I shouldn't be criticizing that. But um, I enjoy. Yeah. I, I enjoy a good contextual choice or two, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so Paul, um, Paul really like living it. He didn't just have like a politician spiel. He went on and gave every time, but he was living this truth out. Right. And so muddying the water is the last couple of things that I have here. That passage from Second Corinthians where Paul, with rhetorical flourish, just talks about how much physical suffering he's endured for the sake of the gospel. This is somebody that's lived it out at great cost to himself, and therefore we should give him our ear. And just so we don't lose the Second Timothy passage at the end, I am being poured out as a drink offering. The time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I wanted to present that picture of tired contentment as a paradigm for where as human beings we might be going and how we want to finish. So perhaps one of the upshots of pandemic is not only that we've been led to ask the question, where do we go from here, but how do we want to finish? Wow. That's, yeah, the tired contentment is an interesting challenge as I just want contentment. <laughs> <laughs> contentment without the exhaustion. Is it even possible? Right, right. It's a fair question. Um, no, I mean, it is good to, it's a, it's an important drive to be living with purpose. Mm -hmm. So, um, I get it. Um, anything else before we move on to just the references or your, your call-outs? The waters have been sufficiently muddied. Okay. Uh, it's a good, I think a good setup, good challenges, and we'll see where we go. Yep. Um, references. I didn't write down a lot again. I, I wrote down uh, Paul on a cake. I was wondering, <laughs> have you ever seen a face cake? I, I, haven't, I feel like I haven't seen one in person. It's possible that face cakes are more urban legend than do they actually exist? Bakery do you, do reality. You want one? Like the next. The I would next love birthday? a. I would, well, it was Father's Day. Where, where's my oh. face cake? Hmm. hmm. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, like I want to see you making a note about face cake. <laughs> I, I don't cake. see you making a, a note right now. How about now. a cake with Ben Simmons on it? <laughs> <laughs> well, they'd be cheap. So you could stab it's a value it. play. <laughs> you could stab it with your knife. <laughs> That's true. Um, okay, and Sorry, so you, yeah, you've already talked through Machen, which again, I, I picked up that reference, of, of course. Right. Uh, <laughs> the origin of Paul's religion. Uh, I didn't get a whole lot of other references. So Helen Wolves, you'll, you you'll remember from last week, I said, hey, say a prayer for me because this sermon is being written with much less time than I normally do for oh. a combination of factors. So usually going back for references is something that occurs later in the sermon writing process. I kind of didn't have time. I did go and check on J. Gresson Machen's origin of Paul's religion. Came up dry and that's sort of as far as I got. But then on the other hand, I think it's just kind of the case that I don't have a lot of like quotes and tags related to Paul's biography and 
what I've saved over the years. Not that I haven't read about Paul and his biography, but those typically aren't the things that I'll, I'll quote and tag. So didn't have as much this Sunday Just from the, Paul the, sco- the scholarly world. You had, you had Lethal Weapon. I don't, but I... Well, I again, was going to mention okay. Lethal Weapon. I have that written, but I'm like... <laughs> I really don't Riggs know. and Murtaugh. I didn't watch Lethal Weapon. So, surprise, surprise. So it's it's a buddy cop movie and you know action comedy. How the eighties were the, the golden age of of uh, the buddy cop action comedy. And Murtaugh, played by Danny Glover, is the old cop with the young sidekick who's getting dragged into all of these dangerous adventures. And he says over and over again, "I'm too old for this." I mean, bleep. I do resonate with uh, <laughs> with that. Bleeped comment. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're the Murtaugh to my rigs. Is that how it works? (laughs) Yeah. No need to go back and watch the movie to figure out what I'm saying in that reference there, but sure. (laughs) Any any other ones that I missed? I referenced my dad. Uh, Yes. Yes. Your dad who's running every every day, probably inadvisably. (laughs) Right. So... My my dad is an 84 year old everyday jogger. I wish he would run on a track. Well, he's 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 a trail runner and still doing it, and also an admirer of Paul. So I mentioned during the sermon that uh, periodically throughout the years, my dad reminds me that for him, his Christian journey is shaped by the confirmation that Paul gives to the story of Jesus. How do you account for Paul if Jesus is not crucified and resurrected? So. Always fun during a sermon to give a shout out to my old man. Yep. Go dad. Um, okay, moving on to Guitar Slim Pickens um, Leftovers Trivia. I do, well, I, I, this doesn't fit. Maybe it fits into Hell and Wolves, but mm-hmm. um, the reaction of our children to, to one of your... Um... Oh, this is a Guitar Slim Pickens. <laughs> <laughs> you, um, you were making a point and you did you did kind of like a shock value uh clickbait type of uh intro call call it rhetoric it's not intro like a your closing point you uh made an announcement (laughs) (laughs) that you were ready to plant a third church and our kids the kids of ours who were one in the room and two listening (laughs) yeah um they gave a like audible gasp (laughs) of horror (laughs) Right. So here's the, here's coming backstage with the sermon. It, it's not often when I preach a sermon and see my own kids gasp in horror in real time, but they actually <laughs> did. When I said I planted two churches so far, like Murtaugh from Lethal Weapon, I've said that's enough. I'm too old for this. But then I said, God seems to be necessitating that I plant church number three. And that's when <laughs> a couple of our kids looked at each other and had a panic look and like are we moving yeah, like Jessie did this told me she was tired and not really paying attention to your sermon but like that that knocked her out of like the stupor that she was in <laughs> <laughs> right yeah so the uh the 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 idea was that not just for liberty callings but, but churches here in the u.s and in the west after pandemic even churches that have been around for hundreds of years, this is genuinely a relaunch where it feels like a replant when so many things are different. And I wanted to say that in the midst of some feeling of being daunted by that, I looked to Paul in his tired contentment. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I have kept the faith. And no, it was not a surprise announcement about a move. I could be like that <laughs> doctor in Arrested Development with the horrible bedside manner who tells the family, 
we've lost him and they think oh no dad's died but instead they they just like they couldn't find him in the room sort of thing so i'm resigning from using bad rhetoric in my sermons Uh, actually i'm not resigning it wasn't bad rhetoric because it did capture their attention i i will say i did not fall for it personally but (laughs) (laughs) you're i wonder how many other you're too much of a grizzled veteran to to fall for those tricks yeah I i but i did i was finding amusement that that Micah and Jesse were falling falling for it. Yeah, I don't think Claire was paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I usually don't throw, got a charge. By me, but yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I'm off all for it. Go ahead, hit the hit the panic button for them. Um, <laughs> any other leftovers trivia? The I I don't I was interested to see. So part of why. I didn't have as much time as I thought to preach this sermon, to write the sermon was in my mind for a while, I was going to kick off the Paul Perry sermon series with the Damascus Road incident on Acts chapter nine. And it was only the beginning of last week where I said, okay, let me go find that Acts chapter nine sermon that I preached Liberty Collingswood. And I don't think that there was one. So (laughs) I think years ago at our church in Texas, I preached, this took five or six years, through the entire book of Luke and then the entire book of Acts. I hit it there, Acts chapter 9. And we've done Acts sermon. We spent, you know, seasons in the book of Acts. But I don't think that I've ever preached from Acts 9 here, and I couldn't find my notes from the previous, you know, 10 years ago sermon (laughs) from... From from our church Poor in Texas, Jen. so having to write a new sermon, having to write a new sermon that that feeling you, you get when you think you don't have to write a new sermon during a given week, but then you do. I, I never feel that, but <laughs> <laughs> so relatable. Everybody feels me. This, this pastor so yep. relatable. Yep. Um. Okay. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you <laughs> found a way to make it through. Um. <laughs> And persevered. Yes, you did persevere. I do. I do like the ending of thinking about um, having to relaunch Liberty Collingswood yeah. um, in this this post pandemic time. Um, it's exciting. It's it is a it is more of a challenge. It is more like having to kind of regather and refocus and look at the cultural landscape again. Um, I know you're going to take the summer a little bit to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you and Eric, Eric, as he celebrates having a new little one, right. he's going to have a new, that's going to be a new life too, When as you adjust to having um, a baby and lots of people have gone through that. Lots of people have adjusted to new, yeah. new normals. Um, some people have moved away without us being able to say goodbye. Yeah. Um, we miss those people. Um, and so I think that it will be, it'll be good to take a summer and, and plan for the fall. Um so that, that is what you're planning to do. That's what this podcast is planning to do. Take a yeah. break. Um, why are you laughing? <laughs> I, uh, I, I, was, I was thinking when you're, when you're talking about Eric, should, should, should we take this time to give an update about our baby news? Oh, stop. <laughs> the update is that there's no update. Um, Rhetoric. You were, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, so this podcast is taking a break. And mm-hmm. we so Howlin' Wolves. Um, if you if you have questions for us, we won't be here. 
Well, postsundayblues at gmail.com is a 24-7 operation. Okay, maybe. so we'll we'll come back to you in, what, September? Yeah, so we're going to relaunch in September. And this will also be a season to take a step back, look at the podcast. Hey, what worked really well? What sorts of things can we tweak or change for the next season? So the, the hiatus is, again, at the practical level because... Emily, you'll be traveling especially a lot this summer. So my my partner in crime for podcasting will be gone. I don't know if we'd want to set up a Zoom link for you to Zoom in and do a podcast with me from Costa Rica or, <laughs> or anything like that. I'm not sure it's going to be possible. Right. So logistically, it would have been hard to keep on a weekly schedule this summer uh, because between my preaching less and traveling more for our family. And then also, it's always good to take a break and rethink and come back even better. So that's what we are planning on doing now. So I would say, Helen Loves, if you have any thoughts about how to change, improve, adjust the podcast, now is a time as well. Yeah, because can we, we like, are going to be... Change the headings of these. Well, Helen Loves, well, <laughs> MU2 can Call email in Monday. to postsundayblues at gmail.com. I gmail. met her at church. House lights down. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Like everybody else, you know the comment section email. So <laughs> feel will free you to write it that way. If I actually, if I wrote an email, will you? I, I don't find your responsive to emails. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that's happened with a, with a couple podcasting when, uh, when the, the email address to write in just, just becomes like a lover's spat between. Uh, yeah, two. I could start a lover's spat. That would be fun. <laughs> two, two people taking shots at the other. Okay. Well, with that... We're not going to do that. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're just kidding. No. We're, we're <laughs> but if you do have comments about about what you'd want to hear from us, I think that's the mo- That's the big thing. Like, we don't want to sit here, like, not challenging people, not, not yeah. entertaining people, whatever it is. So, we've enjoyed this season. Um, it's been great. Yeah, it's been fun to sit here in the, the office with you. Actually, I'm also thinking right at this moment, like, oh, the other good part about taking a break is this office gets really hot in the summer. It's really hot in here. <laughs> it's not just me. <laughs> um, with that, we'll say, how was it? That was amazing. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been the Post Sunday Blues, a preaching postmortem, production of Liberty Collingswood. Go ahead, rate, review, and subscribe, and you can find all things Liberty Collingswood at libertycollingswood.org. No more Post Sunday Blues. Here comes some pre Sunday happy. That's not going on the. (laughs) That's not going on the tag. Um.